Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really glad to have with me Alicia Butler-Pierre. She is the CEO and founder of Equilibria, Inc., where she works with entrepreneurs and established businesses with access to the tools required to grow sustainable, socially conscious companies that fuel job growth. She is also a fellow podcaster, Lean Six Sigma consultant, and a best-selling author on the first book of business infrastructure. So this is going to be an amazing conversation today. Alicia, welcome to the show. Oh, Jeff, thank you so much. And thank you for that amazing introduction. All right. So first of all, there are a number of things we got to unpack here, right? So the first book on business infrastructure, right? How did that come about? Like, how did that, uh, you know, like, let's talk a little bit about your background, but also I'm really curious to find out like how you picked this particular subject to deep dive into and make your career and, you know, for you to be the authority. And how are you working with this today with your clients? Great question, because most, I wish more people would ask me that actually, because you don't go to school to learn business infrastructure, right? So my career actually started, Jeff, as a chemical engineer. So that's where my exposure to processes, but from a manufacturing side began. And I worked in the industry for about seven or eight years. And it didn't take me very long to realize that I did not want to spend the next 20 to 30 years working in a chemical plant or an oil refinery. And something else happened during that that time that I was working as a chemical engineer, Jeff. I realized also that I didn't understand the language of business. And what I mean by that is when I was working as an engineer, I knew the technical side of the business. I knew the actual act of doing process engineering work to make sure that the product always met the specifications that we were producing. But what I didn't understand were the business decisions that were driving our production schedules. So when I worked as an engineer, oftentimes we would have to interface with these accountants and they would present these reports to us. And and truly, it was like it was like speaking another language or reading another language, you know, talking about assets and liabilities, expenses, profit, balance sheet. It's like, what What does all of this stuff mean? I, I, I went to school to be an engineer, not to be an accountant. But I realized I needed to understand that so that it would make me even better at at my job. So I decided to go back to business school. And believe it or not, there there were some classes on operations and operations management, 
But that actually wasn't the focus of, of my curriculum in particular. I tended to have a focus, and you'll appreciate this, being that you're a, a digital marketer. I focused more on the marketing and the management aspect of, of the MBA program that I was in. By the time I finished, I quit. By, by the time I finished school, I decided to quit my job very abruptly. I relocated from New Orleans, Louisiana, which is where I was living at the time, to Atlanta, Georgia, where I knew one person. And I, I thought, Jeff, hey, I'm in this, this new city where there's all of these Fortune 500 companies that have a presence here, like Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines, Home Depot, Chick-fil-A. Surely I'll get a job, right? You know, on the business side of things. But that didn't happen. So I decided to start my own company. And my company, Equilibria, actually began, believe it or not, as a professional organizing company. And over the years, I realized that I needed to change the language from organizing to business infrastructure. And 13 years later, I decided to write a book. And here's the thing. I didn't know it was going to be the first published book ever on business infrastructure until it was time to actually submit the book to the Library of Congress. So that's a long roundabout way of kind of explaining my background, how I got to start a company that talks about this obscure topic of business infrastructure and ultimately how I was able to write and publish a book on it. Though, In fact, as you mentioned earlier, it's the first book in the world, published book in the world to, to talk very specifically about business infrastructure. You know, I want to dive into this a little bit because, um, you know, I'm a fan of all the keywords and, you know, buzz phrases and all that, right? We are not just talking about standard operating procedures, right? right? We are not, and also we're not just talking about infrastructure to be applied to a Fortune 500 company. This is something that a dude with a restaurant can, you know, can apply. Absolutely. You know, or even a solopreneur can apply because what happens is that all of us need to produce a product of great quality and consistently and do it over and over and over again. That's why if you go to a McDonald's in Brazil, quarter pounder is going to, you know, is going to, is going to taste very, very similar to what you got in Miami and what you got in Europe. And, you know, maybe a few regional differences here and there. But what we're talking about here is the entire stack right? The entire stack of the different types of uh, uh, products and services that you use in order to deliver those great products. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. And I love the way you, you referenced it as a stack. I never thought about it that way, but the stack that I use for creating this business infrastructure, to your point, is more than just about standard operating procedures. It also includes your job, your company's job descriptions. It includes your company's organizational chart, your records management systems, whether you have your records stored electronically or physically, or maybe a combination of the two. It also talks about or looks into how your physical workspace is laid out, as well as the processes and those stand standard operating procedures. So that's the stack. So how does that work then when you're uh, when you're talking about it? I mean, we're not talking about volumes of books like on that bookshelf you have behind you right now, right? We're, uh, <laughs> you know, because that's a uh, you know that's one way to do it, right? But I got to tell you, when I worked in corporate, I was always given the employee handbook, and yeah. you know, maybe uh, you. Know, maybe some other documents to read and sign and things like that. I don't think I've ever read an employee handbook. I know. I know. You know, cover to cover, right? It just seemed to me like such a huge waste of paper. 
you know, especially when you had to print it out, right? And, you know, now that we live in a digital world, everything's in the cloud. You have a really cool way to create a dynamic business infrastructure and convey that information over. And I'm really keen to dig into that because it uses a variety of low tech Right. And we'll talk about the low tech stuff in a minute and Mm -hmm. the high tech stuff, you know, tools that you can just go and sign up for and download and implement today. What's your one big tip? Yes. My one big tip is starting off with low tech in order to figure out how to use or better use and integrate your high tech. So one of the low tech tools, and it's one of many tools that I use with when I'm working with my clients and we, we, do this for ourselves internally as well, are stick figures and index cards. Now, index cards, we write one idea onto one card at a time. So whether we're managing a new project for the first time, whether we're talking about how our company is actually structured into departments, or even how are we going to a- approach something that we, we want to use this new type of technology, this higher end technology, as you put it, but we're not quite sure exactly how we want to use it. What happens so oftentimes, Jeff, is, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too, we can become victims of the shiny object syndrome. So we learn about this new, really cool piece of tech. You too, huh? Yes, of course. We, we learn about this new tech, right? And we watch the videos and, and these salespeople are so great at, at the messaging and they just suck us in. And before we know it, we've signed up for something without really understanding how is it going to make what we're already doing more efficient and more streamlined. I I listened to a wonderful interview that you did of someone, I I don't remember his name, unfortunately, but he was talking about tips for automating your processes. But you, you have to figure out first, what am I automating? And so that's where those simple tools like an index card can help you figure that out. Because what you wanna do is get your ideas out of your head and onto that proverbial paper. Once you have it onto these individual index cards, you can then spread them out across a large table in front of you. And I'd like to use the example of, let's say you want to organize your company into departments. You have no idea what your company actually looks like on the inside. So you have all of these different tasks that you're performing in your company, no matter how mundane or how complex. You have each of those tasks written down onto separate individual index cards. Now, I want your listeners to to imagine that you have, you can easily have up to 200, if not more index cards that you end up with. The next thing that you want to do is group those index cards that contain information that's similar in nature, put those into columns on the table that you have all of these index cards spread out on. And let's say you come up with four columns. We'll keep it simple. And for each of those columns, you then want to put a blank index card above each column and you want to assign those tasks to a department. So you may come up with an accounting department, marketing, operations, and let's say IT, just to keep things simple. So now you have a basis for what your company looks like on the inside. You know how it's structured into departments. You then want to take it a step further and figure out, I have all of these tasks that I've identified in marketing. Who in in an ideal, perfect world would perform each of those tasks? And that's where my next low-tech tool might come in handy for for your listeners, and that is the stick figure. So you want to take some stick figures and just place those above the tasks, not 
And here's the key point, because as entrepreneurs, we, we already know we all wear a lot of hats. But I want you to think in an ideal, perfect world, if you had access to all of the resources that you needed, who ideally should perform those different tasks? And that's going to give you so many insights, insights into job descriptions that you may need to create. It also gives you insights into how to craft your, your company's organizational chart. But here's the other cool thing, Jeff. It also helps you figure out which processes you need to document in each of those departments. Now, another way that we can start to tie in the high tech to that very low tech way of, of figuring out how to structure your company on the inside, I use a tool called Notion. And you were talking about the, the big bulky employee handbooks of the, the 90s and the early 2000s, right? Well, we, we've we've moved way past those those analog tools. We now have digital tools like Notion, which is an online database slash wiki, where you can take all of that information that would traditionally be in an operations manual, and you can actually digitize it to where it's accessible from any mobile device that you may have, whether it be a tablet, your laptop, or your smartphone. The idea of using Notion or some kind of other mm -hmm. database tool, now don't let the word database scare people. It's not that techie, right? You know, Notion is actually pretty easy to use once you understand the concept of, you know, folders mm -hmm. and spaces and, you know, and blocks and things like that. But basically what you're talking about here is making your company more dynamic, yes. right? Because when we all start out as solopreneurs, right, you, you know, all those different departments, all those different departments are still there, right? You know, like as a solopreneur, I would be doing marketing, I would be doing admin, I would be doing sales, and I would be doing IT. That doesn't mean I should be doing them. Right. Right. And the only way I'm going to pass that off to somebody else that I'm going to hire the right person to get that job done is if I documented the process, then it makes it easy for me to say, OK, you know, like for IT, I need someone that knows about servers. I need someone that knows about uh, iPhones and how to connect, uh, you know, how to connect tech together, things like that. On the marketing side, I need someone who knows paid advertising. I need someone who knows SEO, uh, social media, things like that. One of the things that I've noticed with using Notion and when I've interacted with people that have these notion pages set up mm -hmm. is that it's dynamic right because you know like the tools change you know just in the social media world for example you know like if you want to like one of the big tools out there is buffer right so buffer does uh you know it, you can schedule out your social media to different places mm -hmm. well what happens if you decide not to use but uh, to use buffer anymore you decide to go with sprout social you know for whatever reason right a you don't need to trash all the all that paper that you just printed right you can just update your notion or your or your wiki and just, you know, have someone redocument the parts that are relevant to the change that you make. And again, and this is really the key point, the you as a solopreneur, freelancer, or business owner doesn't necessarily have to be the one to do it. You can get that particular person that you hired to do that for you, right? And that's actually what they should be doing because as business owners, we should be out there running our business, not working in our business, right? Correct. Absolutely. And and for, for those who are listening, if you've never heard of Notion before, when you, if you go and take Take a look at notion.so. That's the website. And just kind of play around. They have all kinds of videos where you can look and see. But one of the first things, if you do decide that you want to download, I mean, you can start using it for free. One of the first things that you will be asked to do is to create workspaces. So remember that exercise we were just talking about where you identify all of these departments 
for your company, those departments become your quote unquote workspaces in Notion. Now, here's the other really cool thing about Notion. And, and if I may, Jeff, just add another one big tip. I know I'm only supposed to give one, but I, I do have a, a sub tip maybe. <laughs> and that is when you start investing in these technologies, make sure they talk to each other, make sure they can integrate with each other, which is another thing that I love about Notion. My team uses Asana, for example, to track tasks and, and our project management. We can actually pull all of that information that we were tracking in Asana into Notion. We can also embed YouTube videos. We can embed Google Sheets and Google Docs. Every Instead of us having all of these different tools that we were using to manage our day-to-day workflow and our day-to-day operations, we now have one centralized location that's digital, that's accessible to everyone. And and I work with people all over the the world. So we all have access to this tool. I think it even integrates with Slack. So it's, it's just amazing what it can do. But again, the best way for you to start setting something like that up and it, even if it isn't Notion, even if you you are looking at a project management tool like Monday.com or Trello or Asana or, you know, there's so many of them. ClickUp is another one that's really popular right now. You will be asked to set up these, these either job boards or boards or workspaces. And just know if you're trying to figure out, gosh, how, what, what workspaces do I even create? I don't even know where to start. I don't, I don't have a clue how to even put structure and organization to this new project that we're working on or to our business overall. Start with those handy dandy visual aids, those low tech analog tools, your index cards and your stick figures. And I guarantee, I guarantee you that is going to be a really quick way for you to put some structure to anything that you're about to manage for the first time, or or even if it's something that you're continuously managing and maintaining as it pertains to your business. What is really interesting about these tools, though, is that once they're done and once they're implemented, they have the potential to save your company real time and real dollars, right? When you bring this into other companies, you explain the concepts, you work, you work with them to, you know, create these departments and these columns and workspaces and all that. What have you seen as the net benefit for after the implementation? How has it helped those companies? In a number of ways. Number one, time, time, the, the, the amount of time that is saved as a result of using tools that actually integrate with each other. Number two, transparency. Even when you use something like, let's say, Google Drive or Dropbox, Dropbox for Business, to store your document, your documents electronically, guess what, Jeff? They're still hidden in folders. So people still have to click around and they may not know how to search within all of those folders. But when you have a tool like Notion or a ClickUp for, even, for example, because they also, I think they're like a direct competitor right now to Notion, but you have that, everything is visual. It's right there in front of you. And it also allows you to type in, it's it's like your own, your company's own internal search engine. So if you have a, a, a new person that you're adding to the team, and even though you may have provided that person with some training, but they go back and they they, they try to remember, I, I know Jeff showed me how to do X, but I can't find it. Well, they can actually go into a search bar, type in some keywords and locate that information within seconds. So it's, it's the time saved, which 
as we all know, the more time you save, it gives you time to work on even more revenue generating activities. So, and the transparency, I would say those are by and large, the number, the two top benefits. And then third is the people aspect. So we all know that, (laughs) again, we're running around like chickens with our heads cut off so many times as entrepreneurs, and we're flying by the seat of our our pants. If we work with a person like Jeff, who who develops this amazing digital marketing campaign for us, and now we have a different type of problem, we might have more business than we can handle. Whereas before we worked with Jeff, we didn't have enough customers coming through the door. Now that we're working with Jeff and those campaigns are successful, We now have a different problem, more business than we can handle. Going through that exercise, again, of identifying who should ideally perform certain tasks within your company gives you, it empowers you even more to go out and recruit the right talent to fill those different positions within your company. And even if if you're a solopreneur and you're listening to this, or if you're a freelancer and you may be thinking, I can't hire full-time employees. They don't have to be full-time. You can hire people. You can hire other freelancers. You can use services like Upwork or Fiverr. There's a number of them where you can find these freelancers. We're in a gig economy now, so it's very easy to find people who can provide some of these services or these tasks, perform some of these tasks that you need at, you know, at at a rate that you can afford on demand. Amazing. That is such amazing advice. Thank you so much for that. I think what's really poignant about all this is once you get organized, then you can scale, right? And that's really the whole point, right? Because, you know, we can all be, we can all be Superman and Wonder Woman, you know, going around kicking butt and taking, uh, you know, and making everything happen. But there's only so much Jeff, there's only so much Alicia that goes around, right? And the only way you're going to scale is if you get some of those activities off your plate onto someone else's. That's right. And the benefit of doing that is that's when you really learn the value of your own time versus the time that you're actually paying for others, right? And if you can implement that, Absolutely. That is like, dude, yeah, the way, you know, the world is going to open up <laughs> and, you know, I, um, I first read about this, you know, with the four hour work week, right? You know, everybody quotes that book, right? And, and it's been out mm-hmm. for a good long time now. Yes. <laughs> and what's really cool about it is that for me, it shows you like a, like an extreme way of being able to run your business so well that you don't even, that you only need to pop in for an afternoon a week right? Maybe some of us are not there right now. You have small kids at home, you have a mortgage, you know, you can't jet around the world like Tim Ferriss did, right? But you definitely can pick and choose what tasks, A, do you not like doing yourself? And B, how do you get them into the heads of other people to have it performed economically so that it gets completed, you deliver the great service, and then you can move on to some other things. So I think that's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, Can you please tell everyone how they can learn more about you, learn more about your company, and how they can reach out to you directly if they'd like to learn more. Sure. So I would say the best place to go is my personal website, which is Alicia Butler. Pierre.com. And when you go there, you'll see links to all of my social media profiles. You'll also see a link to my company's website, Equilibria. You'll also see information about the book as well as my podcast. So if you ever want to know more information about business infrastructure and operations, getting those processes in place, come check out my podcast as well. So that's that's the best place to go initially too. It serves as a hub for all of those other things. Alicia, 
Thank you so much for walking us through this. Thank you, Jeff. This has been so awesome. I love nerding out on this stuff, learning about new tools. And, um, you know, now it's like I'm reinvigorated to, geez, I better try Notion again. Yes. Because I've used them all, right? I have gone and I use them all and say, you know, sometimes the interfaces, you know, and it's always that one thing that you're like, ah, it doesn't do this, you know, and then you try to move off. But at the end of the day, you know, you really need to get past yourself, right? You need to be able to implement these processes so that others can take care of the operational part of your business so you can you as the business owner can move on to sales and making your company great so alicia thank you so much for joining me today i really appreciate it this has been a wonderful wonderful conversation oh thank you so much jeff thank you i really appreciate you 